Good morning. Excited to bring the message this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but I've really been enjoying Ephesians and um, just the practical teaching. And the passage we have this morning is so practical, I, frankly, I could just stand up, read it, and sit down. Um, it's really that straightforward. And we're entering the part of Ephesians where there's direct instruction to Christians on how to live, right? And how to, how to make life work in a way that brings glory to God. And so as we go through this, this morning is husbands and wives, but I don't want us to miss that it's really Christ in the church. And then it goes into children and parents and all of the things that we have ahead as, as bosses and as employees and, and the practical things of life in this next section. And this morning is a, is a passage that's direct and it's actually repeated in scripture really three times. And um, I've really been struck. I really enjoyed Gerald's uh, funeral on Friday. I know it's not a time of celebration, but really, you know, the opportunity to stop and look back on life and some of the pictures, right? Some of the stories. All of us are in the midst of making our story. We can choose to live the way God intends, or we can spin the dial and try it on our own. And the fact of the matter is, all of us spin the dial at one point or another. The goal is not perfection, right? The goal is, is submission to Christ in an overarching way, right? The good news is we're not this morning holding out, here's the perfection, it's that or your second rate. But we all have an opportunity. Some of you this morning find yourself maybe coming to church and you're wondering, am I saved? And this message is for you. You may be coming and you might be Gabe and Layla. You're just recently married. This message is for you. You might be mom and dad that have been married 50, or it's how long? Long time. <laughs> you might find yourself in a chair single this morning, looking back as Carol is on 56 years of marriage, 53, one, two, somewhere in there. <laughs> you might find yourself as a young person looking forward to marriage potentially, but recognize that marriage is not the goal of life. Marriage is part of God's sanctification process for some of us. And First Corinthians 7 is very clear that when you're married, you do have a divided interest. When you're not married, you can focus solely on Christ much more easily. And I'd like you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13 quickly. And it was actually brought up this morning and, and some of the things we're going to say are so countercultural. I'm afraid to even start by reading the passage because I don't want you to turn your brain off and quit listening, <laughs> right? I love this. First, Hebrews 13, verse 5. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he, that's God, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Verse 7. Those of you that know me well, I quote this verse all the time. Remember the leaders who spoke to you, the word of God, 
Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The opportunity for us to know that this picture of husband and wife and Christ in the church, the good news is, is that Jesus is the perfect groom. We are not the perfect bride, right? He will never leave us or forsake us. And that word helper, the Lord is my helper, we're going to read in a little bit in Genesis that God saw a man when he was alone, that it wasn't good and made a helper for him. Ladies, the, the role that God has for you is not one that is demeaning or whatever the world would make it out to be. God himself is our helper. He himself is the one that we imitate in all things. And then verse 7, remember the, your leaders who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. When someone refuses to do life God's way, when I refuse to do God's way, one of the questions that a gentleman taught me to ask was, instead of trying to convince him otherwise, is just say, well, how's that working for you? I don't believe in Christ. I just want to whatever. Well, how's that working for you? Well, I'm not going to submit to my husband. How's that working for you? I'm not going to submit to Christ. How's that working for you? God's word is truth. Then verse eight, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God that we don't serve a wishy-washy God that changes his mind on what he wants and doesn't want for us. It's not 2022, okay, try this. It's not 18, whatever, try this. His plan is good for all of time because he created us and loves us. And this picture, yes, we're going to talk about husbands and wives, but I had my message done on Wednesday and Friday, just actually before, during, and after the funeral. Um, I don't want us to miss the picture of Jesus Christ and us being his bride. If you leave something this morning, leave here this morning, please remember anew, what is my role as Christ's bride? What is my role as Christ's bride? And maybe you've not said I do to Christ yet and he's not your groom. And the opportunity for us to consider these things together. Let's open in prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity to just stop and ask you by your spirit to communicate to our hearts, to our minds, your truth. Lord, may we each one just examine, take a moment to examine in this next half hour just what you have for us. Lord, you have our best in mind. You have your glory in mind. Help us to submit ourselves to you, to reflect you to the world around us so that you receive glory and our lives are not just a, a mess. Lord, you have our best intention. Thank you for creating us. We are yours. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's interesting, that first song that we sang, Only a Holy God, and I leaned over to Mallory and I said, isn't it good that God's holy? What if he was evil and still had all that authority and power, right? And some of you need to be reminded of God's goodness so that then you can trust him to submit to him. And so this morning, I would just call upon 
God's word to say, hey, you can trust God for who he is. All right, let's turn it to Ephesians. I'll, sorry, if you'd like, um, I, I pretty much have my thoughts on overhead so that you can, those of you that don't want to listen, you can just read ahead. Um, I apologize that, tell you what, if you could just advance me one, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and read the passage. I'll be reading from the ESV, and uh, we'll start in verse 22. Wives, submit to your, hus- your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any other or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated himself, his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall hold fast to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Then verse 33, however... Let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You know, the opportunity for us to live these verses out, right, um, is important. Am I able to go the next? Nope, I'm taking it the wrong way. All right, we're working. Headship, God's order. In our world, we have trouble just figuring out gender, much less order. We're in a, God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. And, and it's not because he's an ogre. It's because he wants us to live lives that are purposeful and accomplish much. Satan wants us to flop around and be confused and be disunified and think that we're in charge and mess things up. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, Husbands, you're not in charge of your home. You are not in charge of your home. You are on loaned authority from God, and you better take that seriously. I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. Ladies, don't forget that. And the head of Christ is God. God is the head of Christ. There's willful submission. Submission is something that you do to yourself. It's not something that you do to someone. I love that our Savior never asks us to do anything that he's not done himself. Jesus Christ, on the night before he was crucified, was so earnestly not wanting to do what God wanted him to do that he sweat, as it were, drops of blood. When have I not gone, God, I really don't want to do this? There's been a handful of times. I love to say every time I just turned and did the right thing. 
Wives, there are times when your husband is not being respectable and you have a choice. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are equal, but have distinct roles. Otherwise, there'd be chaos. You'd go, well, who should I serve? Should I serve God the Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus? Who? They're of one mission, one purpose, one objective, one communication. So we don't have to be confused by that. All are equal at the foot of the cross. Men, women, boys, girls, we all race whatever you want to divide us up by, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Jesus died for sinners. We're all sinners and need a Savior. What a great thing to know that we are equal at the foot of the cross. Submission is to obey, to yield oneself to the authority or will of another. How many guys like to do that? Raise your hand. Let me read that again. To obey, to yield oneself to the authority or will of another, to defer or defer to or consent to abide by the opinion or authority of another. Keep saying another. What about me? If you want to look up the Strong's Concordance definition and where this word is, this, this submission word is all through the New Testament. And when it says, wives, submit your husbands, I'd love to say that there's a fancy Greek word that gets you off the hook. There's not. But that's not the point of this passage. The point of this passage is, is that we're all to submit to Christ. Yes, the picture of that is the husband-wife relationship, but we're to submit to Christ. Do I wake up? I know some of you that I spend time with, I wake up in the morning and go, good morning, God, you're God, I'm not. Because if I don't, then the rest of the day, I think I'm in charge. That's why we need to be in God's word. We need to be in his presence early in our time of being awake as we go throughout the day. Authority is the power right to give orders, decisions, and enforce obedience. No one sitting in this room has authority on our own behalf in our homes. It's all delegated authority. We're all under Christ. Christ is the head of the husband. And the church is subject to Christ as his bride. Obedience, compliance with an order, request, law, or submission to another's authority. The role, the function is assumed and the part we play in a particular thing. Men, you were born a male and that's not something you got to choose. Ladies, the same. Excuse me. The role that we play is not a value stamp by God. The role that we play is what God expects of us to bring him glory. And so as we do that, may we do that willingly with the heart attitude that wants to please him. You know, sometimes we have to think, do I really want to submit? I think of Mater in the military, or you guys that have been in the military. I'm sure you had commanders that were jerks. But you probably still had to do what they wanted you to do. Thankfully, we don't serve a jerk. God is loving. He is gracious. He is holy. He is worthy of our undivided 
obedience and, a, and devotion. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You know, you can't serve yourself and serve God. We can't, when we think, well, I'm just gonna be half in, half out. I'm gonna be partially submissive to God, partially not. I'm gonna help him out when he needs help because he just doesn't understand my situation. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His commands are true, 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 all across cultures, all around the world, all times. You don't have to think, well, what's relevant in the culture. God's way works, it's timeless. Obedience requires knowing what is required. Must be seeking God's commands by reading the Bible. How can I submit to God if I don't know what he wants? Why do we spend time in God's word? Why do we gather to fellowship and study God's word? So we know what he, what he expects of us, what he has for us to do. That's why we gather. That's why we get in his word. When he opened his book, say, Lord, what is it that you have for me to do for you? You're in charge. If we don't know what God wants, then how can we obey him? We can't. No wonder our lives aren't working out in general Christendom in the United States. We don't know God's word. We don't know the truth. How do we know how, what to obey unless we just start obeying our own feelings or the culture around us? We've got to be in God's word for ourselves. We need to be encouraging each other in the truth so that we then don't error in what we're thinking we're doing to please God. And say, well, why didn't this work? Cain, he had every good intention. Hey, I brought my best. God said, no, I, I don't want that. I need blood. God expects us to know what he wants and obey it. The role of the bride of Christ, the church, is to obey, love, honor, submit completely to him. I've gotten a new picture of that as I've been studying this. It's kind of odd for me as a guy to think I'm a bride, right? Like I've not necessarily put myself in that position before. So ladies, you got one up on us guys. We're the bride of Christ. He is looking for us. The bride of Christ has a free will to choose to obey and submit or not. God is so loving and gracious, he's given us that thing, this thing called choice, free will. Each of us have the opportunity day by day by day to choose and choose again and choose again. Sometimes we choose poorly, sometimes we choose well. Thankfully for those of us that know Christ, the Holy Spirit reminds us, hey, that was out of bounds. Hey, need to... Go do this. Submission is to obey, to yield oneself to the authority or will of another, to defer to or consent to abide by the opinion and authority of another. Not very much of me in there. Not very much of me in there. I went back and looked at a picture of Teresa walking down the aisle and I was gonna put it in, the, in here, but I didn't. Her dad's next to her, he looks like he's my age. Someday, we're going to be in God's presence. And Jesus is going to be looking at us. And today is our chance to live out this thing of the picture of Christ in the church. It's a covenant relationship. It's not a promise. God, you do your part, I'll do my part. It's a, once we say, we willingly say, I do. 
or I will, right? Each of you that have been married, hopefully that was part of your ceremony, right? You're, when, when does it happen, right? And the, sometimes you think, man, at the rehearsal, the, they just got married. Faithfulness, cling to Christ only. Am I faithful to Christ? Was I faithful to Christ this week? Can't serve God on money? Or my, is my attention, is my heart, is my bent for Christ? No, it's not all the time. Perfection is not the goal. We don't need to walk out of here defeated. But what we do need to do is recognize that God is worthy of all of those things all the time. We have an opportunity to be faithful to him. Anticipation of being with Jesus, Jesus is coming back, the bride of Christ together with Jesus for all eternity. Folks, this is not it. Thankfully, this is not it. We're not stuck here in this sinful state. We're not stuck here with disease and pain and suffering. We have the opportunity to be released, as Gerald was, is, and is in the presence of his Savior. What a joy. What does it look like for the bride, church, those of us who know Christ and are saved, to submit to Christ, where to respect him, desire to please, honor him, speak well of Jesus? How much did you speak about him this week? If you're really excited about, so when you're in love with something or something new has happened or something is in, in your life that you want to tell people about, you tell the world about him. We're to obey him. We're to be Christ's helpers by bringing the gospel to the world. We're to be looking for Jesus' return, preparing for Jesus to return. I traveled quite a bit in my career, and Teresa would have the kids and everybody ready when I came home. It was like, wow. I wanted to get home so bad it, was, it hurt because I knew they were going to be waiting for me there. No, it wasn't all perfect. I knew that they were going to be waiting and looking. We also submit to him by keeping sin out of my life. So I'm happy to see Jesus. If Jesus was to come back right now, what would my thought be? Jesus loves his bride. We're going to get into the husband-wife relationship here in a minute, but what a perfect example. Romans 5.8 was shared this morning. God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Men, you're to love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's action. Jesus has done that for us as a church. Jesus longs to be with us at the last supper. He said, hey, I'm not going to do this again until we're together in eternity. What we did this morning, maybe it's the last time until we're face to face with our Savior. He's looking for that day. We should too. Jesus died for his bride. Literally. Literally. Might be easier to die for your bride than to take out the trash when it's full in the kitchen. When no one's there, you can just shove it down and hope she gets it. What is love? Love is putting the best of those around you ahead of yourself in the big and the little things. Jesus submitted to his father to bring us to himself. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to be separated from God and he submitted himself to it. Jesus is coming back for his bride. If We don't have time this morning, but I would encourage you, if you're looking for somewhere to read, 1 Thessalonians 4 is awesome. First half tells us how we're supposed to live. Second half tells us 
hey, it's worth it because Jesus is coming back. Be ready. Be ready. Teresa and I were, forget where we were driving the other day and just said, man, Jesus could come back like right now and it wouldn't get, like, we wouldn't see in the clouds, there wouldn't be a trumpet, there wouldn't be a three, two, one, it'd just be boom. That's when he's coming. People are getting, oh, is that Gabe's wedding after we're driving? People, just in the days of Noah, people were marrying, being given marriage, all the things that happen in the busyness of life, and boom, we're gonna meet Jesus in the air, those of us that know him. Big question here is, are you a part of Jesus' bride, the church? Do you know him? Have you said I do to Christ? You know, it's a simple thing. It's getting married's not that hard. I mean, all the trappings around it's a mess, but saying I do is not a, I mean, you don't have to memorize your part. You have to mean what you say. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth, that's saying something, I do. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Isn't that good news? Are you saved this morning? Do you know him? Are you part of the bride of Christ? If not, it's not a jump across the Grand Canyon to get there. It's so simple, it's hard. And yet it's important. We don't just go, hey, let's just live together and I'll promise to be with you and you can promise to be with me for life. Why do we have this marriage covenant? Because we need God a part of all of our commitments. God's waiting. He's saying, please come. Please come. Jesus is coming back for his bride. Am I completely submitted to his commands? Do you show your love for Jesus? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. There's a practical side. How's that working for you? <laughs> right? If you love me, keep my commands. If Jesus came back right now, you don't have to answer this out loud. Would you be pleased or embarrassed? Or would you say, wait, I need, there's some more things I need to do. Hopefully all of us would say, hey, there's some more things I need to do. My neighbor, I want to see him come to Christ. My, I need to go apologize to whomever. Whatever it is that's in your life, may we be active and obedient in what God has for us. Wives. Sorry, this is a pretty simple slide here. Verse 22, if you want to read it. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I'd love to work around this and culturalize it and change it or whatever. This is what God's order is. This is God's order. From a loving God that created us, this doesn't have anything to say. It doesn't say to husbands are worthy. It doesn't say because you're lesser than he is. It doesn't say, it says do this as a reflection of the world to Christ. And this is repeated multiple times. So it's not like, oh, this is just a one-timer so we can think about it. God coverings is once. Like there's a, bunch, there's a bunch of things in the Bible that are once. Wives, Colossians 3.18. Wives, submit your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And then husbands, it's repeated for you as well. Colossians 3.19. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. A wife, submit to the husband out of obedience to God, not of, out of obedience to her husband, but out of obedience to God. 
Husband is to love his wife and be kind, not harsh. And that exemplifies obedience to God as well. Bride submitting to her husband, submit respect, desire to please, honor, speak well of him to, of him to others, help him, desire to be with him, prepare to be with him, be faithful to him, be lovable, help him obey God. I don't know how this hits you this morning. If you're a wife with a husband that's not respectable, you're sitting here with a husband that, I'm not gonna look up because then I won't look at anybody. Your husband may not be perfect. You can submit to him as unto the Lord. That's what God's asking. He's not asking you to do it because your husband's worth it. Guys, we'll get to you in a minute. But this is how we're supposed to live before a world to give a, the world a picture of how much Christ loves the church. We're in this together. Husbands, wives, you're on the same team. Just like we're on Jesus' team as the church. We're not to be fighting one another or trying to usurp. It continues. Ephesians 22 and then 23, 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ... So also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. You probably get stoned in the general public if this got stuck in the media somewhere. You say, really? I'm supposed to do that? Yeah. It's your choice, wife. It's your choice, church, to submit to Christ. We can individually do it or not. The husband is the head of the wife, therefore the wife submits to the husband. That's God's order and role. It's not value. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. Submission always is always something you do to yourself. Submission is not forced by someone else. Husbands, it should never say, ask your wife to submit to you. That's not your job. She should submit to God to submit to you. The wife chooses to submit. The husband does not make his wife submit. You're not the boss of your home, guys. Jesus Christ is. It's interesting, before the fall, what was the, what was the situation before the fall? Genesis 2. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. Remember, the Lord is our helper. <laughs> so he says, hey, I'm gonna give him a helper. Guys, have you ever told your wife that you need her? Genesis 2, 24 and 25, a little later. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, that they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. How's that for complete unity, right? That's the way it was before the fall. Malachi two fifteen. Did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? And what, and what as the one God seeking... What is he looking for? What's God looking for? Why marriage? Why is this whole thing here? Godly offspring. So God, guard yourselves and your spirit and let none of you be faithless to your wife, to the wife of your youth. 
How can you produce something that you don't have yourselves, mom and dad? We just did the parenting class. You can't teach what you don't live, right? God wants godly offspring. So hey, if you got young kids, this is your chance to crank it up before they're old enough to really be watching your life and inspecting it. What's it like after the fall? Genesis 3.16. To the woman, he said, this is after, after they'd taken from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. To the woman, he said, I'll surely multiply your pain and childbearing and pay you in pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Genesis 3.16 in the New Living says it more directly. Then he said to the woman, I'll sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you'll give birth. And let's listen to this. And your desire will to control your husband and you will desire to control your husband. It's gonna be hard for you to submit to him because you're gonna wanna be in charge. You're gonna wanna control your husband. Wife, if you're here this morning and are trying to have lived a life of controlling your husband, maybe it's been 25 years. I would encourage you, how's that working for you? When we have this, there's conflict and struggle for control and there's selfishness, it's a mess. Choosing to submit to the husband requires faith on the part of the wife. This does not mean that you're gonna start submitting and then life's gonna be ultimately, boo, he's gonna turn into the godly man that you need and all things are gonna be instantly changed. You're doing as it unto the Lord, not as unto him. When she chooses to obey God, he will bless her for her obedience. Ladies, there's blessing in obedience to God. You don't have to protect yourself. Maybe you came from a home that was harsh or there's things in your past that you have walls up. It's understandable. It takes faith to live God's way. The wife submitting to the husband brings harmony, order, peace, and unity. And you're obeying God by doing so. Okay, we got through that. Take a breath. Husbands. Husbands. You don't get off light at all. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, so that he might be holy and without blemish. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Woo! Woo! Guys? Oh, I guess taking the trash out would be a little thing, wouldn't it? Saying thank you would be a little thing. Saying I love you would be a little thing. Sometimes we're willing to do the great things, but we're not willing to do the little things, guys. Well, she knows I love her. No. What did your last action say? What did your last word say? And let's not forget this whole picture is for us to better understand that Christ loves us. We're all male, female. We are the bride of Christ. This whole struggle, this whole picture of husband and wife and I want to tell Jesus what to do and my wife wants to tell me as husband what to do and how that picture all, wait, that doesn't work and okay. 
Love is giving, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, action verb, gave. Love is giving. 1 Corinthians 13 has a lot of things about love. Five love languages. Guys, do you know how to love your wife so that she can hear it? I didn't say you don't love your wife, but are you doing it in a way I'm trying not to look at anybody? And are you loving your wife in a way that she can hear it? Maybe I should stare at the... Guys, if you don't know how to love your wife, ask her. Make it a life study. Make it a life pursuit. Honey, how can I... When I do this, what do, what do I do that you hear that I love you? Sacrificial love, die to self, give of himself his words and good. Encourage your wife to be cleansed by the word. Wash your wife in the word. Husbands must be in the word for himself before he can lead his wife in the word. Guys, if you're gonna be a spiritual, spiritual leader in your home, you've gotta know what the book says, get in it. You don't have to have a master's degree in it, but you need to be in it and say, hey, here's what God said to me today. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be a theological treatise. It's just, hey, this is what God wants for us. Let's do it. Ephesians 28 and 20 to 30. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He loves his wife, loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Husbands are to love your wives as their own bodies and nourish them. Remember this picture as you're loving your wife, guys? Are you loving her like Jesus loves you? Completely, fully, without tire, without expectation? Here again, it's repeated in 1 Peter. Wives, be subject to your husbands. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessels, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers won't be hindered. Guys, are your prayers being answered? Are they not being answered? Maybe it has something to do with the little things in life. How am I loving my wife? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I'm saying that it refers to Christ and his church. Unity is one. Guys, you're to cleave and leave. Wife is now the priority of the husband's love. Husband and wife become one, no longer separate. God has joined them together. The marriage relationship is to reflect Christ to the world. Does my marriage reflect Christ to the world? What is the goal of your marriage? What is the goal of your life? Those of you that are saved, all of us. We have a choice. We can obey, disobey, or ignore. (laughs) Right? Obedience gives God glory, and proves we love him. Disobedience, we know God's instruction, and we say, no, I don't think so, or, you know, I'll do part of it. All of that's disobedience or ignorance. We don't know what God's instructions are, so we don't obey. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time, and you're saying, wow, how is that expected of me? I didn't know that. That's okay, too. Bottom of this slide, husbands need to help your wife obey God by acting respectably. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then verse 33, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself 
Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Man, we're on the same team. I, you know, does Teresa have a higher chance of hearing well done because she picked a snotty nose 20 whatever I was? That's a big responsibility that's going to impact eternity for her. What an opportunity to be on each other's team and encourage each other, point each other toward Christ. Husbands, you need to help the wife obey God. She's supposed to respect you. Be respectable. Leaving your underwear turned inside out or on the floor isn't respectable. Be respectable, guys. Wives, make it easy for God to have your husbands do what they're supposed to do and love you. Be kind. Build them up. Don't be the dripping that Proverbs talks about. Encourage. Make it easy for him to love. In closing, are you part of the bride of Christ? Have you said, I do? Maybe there's somebody in the crowd this morning that says, you know, I know about Jesus. I think I love him even, but I've never said, I love you and I'm in a covenant relationship with you. I do. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Is Jesus pleased by the part of his church that gathers at Bethany? This is kind of a global as the elders gather, right? As, as we gather. Is Jesus pleased with us? Let's kind of macro this. Are we following God's word? Are we just kind of doing it our own way? We have lots of latitude, lots of liberty in Christ. But in the areas where he says, hey, do this, don't do that, are we, are we doing that? Are we taking it seriously? Do we know it? Or are we ignorant? Are we submitted completely to his commands? Are we only for Christ? can't serve God and money, you can't, serve, you can't love two things. Is Jesus Christ the focus of my affection? Recognize all these things are in the perfect, right? You might just go, well, I can never do that. We can do more. That's, that's part of the release is we're not asking, he's not asking for perfection. He just wants us to love him by obeying him. And when we don't, man up, woman up, and sorry. Just like you would your spouse. Anticipation of being with Jesus. Are you looking to Jesus, for Jesus to come back? Once again, we all have the opportunity to be a part of the bride of Christ. Let's not miss the picture that was here in Husbands and Wives. And husband and wives, you guys may have a conversation to have today or tonight or tomorrow. Guys, you may need to start stepping up and leading your home. Maybe you're not fulfilling the role God has for you. It's not acceptable. It's not going to work out well. Ladies, you need to be encouraging and building up your husband, supporting him that helper word that even God takes on for us. It's an honored role. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives, submit to your husbands and respect him as unto the Lord. Let's close in prayer.
Father, thank you for your son, Lord Jesus. Lord, we, um, we just acknowledge our dependence on you for all things. Thank you for your word that so plainly gives us instructions how to walk wisely in a world that gets, sends us so many messages, so many things. Lord, help us not to have this relationship with you as your bride as we walk here on earth and miss out on the specialness that you hold in your heart for each one of us, all of us that have said I do to you. Lord, thank you that we can know that you are the perfect groom. You are the perfect husband. And we we thank you that as Lord and Savior of our lives, we can count on you. Lord, our earthly relationships are a dim picture of that. Lord, help our marriages to be ones that bring you to the forefront. Help me as a husband to set myself aside, my interests aside, and put you to the forefront. Help me to love Teresa as Christ loved the church in a more fulfilling and more real way. Help me to love her as she wants to be loved. Help me to, as Jesus said, you want to be great, be a servant. Help me to wash her feet figuratively and literally, and present her wholly to you someday. Lord, thank you that we can be on the same team with our spouse. Thank you that you are there. A three-chord is not easily broken. Thank you that you don't just leave us and say, here, try it. You want us to cry out to you and ask for help. Help us, Lord, to do this in the, in the area. Our world is so confused. More than half of marriages break up and Lord, those that are here this morning that, that that's happened or is happening or whatever, Lord, it's, it's part of sin run rampant in our world and just pray for hearts that are hurting. Lord, we ask that you would receive glory from our lives and the choices. Help us, each one, to be leaving here reminded to submit to you completely in all things because you're worthy. Thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen.